0: candidly expressing his heart and desire. Here's Pastor Ed Taylor. In my own life, if I start compromising, then I am messing with my head. I have
1: messed up a major majority of my life living apart from Jesus Christ, rebelling against Him, living in this world, living for this world, that now in my life, I really want to take this to heart. I want to be wise in what is good.
0: This is amazing grace. Compromise is not only dangerous, but often subtle. As C.S. Lewis famously said, the safest road to hell is the gradual one. So we need to know what is evil and what is good. Welcome again to Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. After many months of studying the book of Romans together, we wrap it all up today. And as we do with a strong word of warning concerning division, and then a word of great encouragement on what is good. Last time we looked at the pervasive problem of division that's found even in the church. Here now with more as we conclude this life-changing book is Pastor Ed. Paul ends his letter and he says, hey, guys,
1: watch out. Be careful because division is very serious to God. It's very serious to him for doctrinal purity. I would say that God doesn't like division. You know, I'd even go as far to say as that God hates division those that cause division and you go wait a minute ed that is heavy that's probably just your opinion ed i bet you can't prove it i'm glad you asked turn over to proverbs chapter six it's not my opinion at all i mean when you come to proverbs chapter six we actually get insight with a list of things that god hates and so you find a list in the bible of things that god hates you know you want to perk your ears up Because as believers, we want to love what God loves, and we want to hate what God hates. Because that's what's going to bring us in unity with the Father. We want to love what the Lord loves, and we want to hate what the Lord hates. And so he gives this list of things that he hates. And He pick up in verse 16. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. And so he begins kind of third person looking at, he uses various body parts To describe things that he hates, so he hates number one in verse seventeen, a proud look. That makes sense. God doesn't love pride. That's what Lucifer's downfall was—was pride—and it's what our downfall is most of the time. Number two, he hates a lying tongue, and we can all agree with that. We don't like—we don't like to be lied to. We don't like lies. We don't—we don't like that. Thirdly, he hates hands that shed innocent blood. We'd agree. He hates a heart that devises wicked plans, and he hates feet that are swift to running to evil. But then he turns a corner. Now it's not just body parts. He's going to identify a couple people that draw God's hatred. The first one in verse 19 is a false witness now. First he said he hates lying. Now he says, hey, I hate liars. That's heavy. Because lying breaks trust, doesn't it? And it's hard to have a relationship when you don't have trust. And lying just, boom, cuts right to the heart of trust. I don't like to be lied to. I know you don't like to be lied to. God says he He hates the false witness that speaks lies. And then notice the last one. He hates those, the one that sows discord among the brethren. He hates it. He hates the person that goes around sowing discord. The Bible says in the Psalms, the Bible says, oh, how wonderful and how beautiful it is for us, for believers to dwell together in unity. That's the flip side. God loves for believers to dwell together in unity. He hates division and discord and the one that sows it. And so Paul closes out this letter warning them, warning us about divisions and traps. And he says, just avoid it. Don't get into it. Don't be trapped by it. If you right now, right now, this is you, whether you're here in the sanctuary, you're listening in on the radio, or even on the web, wherever you might be, if you are making up your mind right now with just one side of the story, you're in sin. And most likely, you're going to make a bad decision. You need to hear both sides then you can make up your mind and you can make it up to the lord you can make up your mind unto the lord you may with both sides still come to the same conclusion but at least you've heard them out and at least you've received from the lord hey a neighbor comes grabs your ear and you get oh i hear it until you know a person comes and he starts to plead his case and you believe him, believe him until his neighbor comes and says here's the my side of the story and you go oh oh that wasn't shared i didn't know that and then with the balance, then, we can just walk in the unity as much as possible. Where to live, Paul said, to be at peace with one another. And it's a good thing. So pick up with me back in Romans 16 now. I just thought it was interesting as Paul ends his letter, he ends it on a very, very strong note. But then a very, very encouraging note, verse 19. He then kind of turns away and he says, your obedience has become known to all. Now what a great reputation the church in Rome have. What a great reputation you have. I hear stories about you all throughout town, of all the ministry that flows through you and all the the, the help and the love that you as a church share all throughout town. Just like Rome, your obedience as well is known to all. I love that. What a great church to be a part of. Therefore, I'm glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. And you say, Lord, crush him, man. Isn't it great to look at a time where you're not tempted anymore, where the enemy's not hassling anymore, where you're not in the world system anymore, and you go, Lord, crush them, man. We're open to that. We'll take that today. But see, you have a part, too. God's going to crush Satan under your feet, but you can, too, and that is very simple. It's very simple. The key is right here in verse 19 at the end there. I want you to be wise in what is good. I want you to be simple concerning evil. Some of you lived your whole life in evil and you have no desire to go back there. So this is no problem for you. I don't want to go back to evil. I don't want to dabble in evil. I lived my whole life there. I don't want anything to do with it. Great. But there are temptations. We're tempted at every turn to mess with evil. You know, sometimes somebody will come up and, and they'll be so excited. Hey, Ed, hey, Ed, did you see this movie? And I say, no. Why not? Because I don't want to mess around with evil. I don't have time for that. It's not a legalistic thing. It's not some, I'm, you know, some trip I'm laying. It's like you went and saw it and, and it had some things in it and I did, read a review and I didn't want to see it. And, and you go, hey, Ed, did you see that movie? No, I want, to be, I want to be simple when it comes to evil. I don't want to be studying that kind of stuff. I don't want to be watching. I don't want that stuff in my head. And I've already, you know, in my life, I've drawn these lines for me. And God's always erasing them and redrawing them to know that, you know, when I start getting caught up in evil and I start leaning toward the world and I start compromising in my own life, you've got to make up your own mind for you. I know for me, if I start compromising, I start moving around, I start accepting, then I am messing with my head. I'm defiling myself. I don't want it. I can't afford to be any more defiled than I already am, you know. I have messed up a major majority of my life living apart from Jesus Christ, rebelling against him, living in this world, living for this world, that now in my life, I really want to take this to heart. I want to be wise in what is good. If I have any spare time, I need to be in the word. If I have time to, and I want to be in the word, I want to be growing in him. I want to be I want to be just so caught up in him, abiding in him. Not that don't, don't take this wrong. It's not that I don't go to movies or listen to music. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm saying what I think Paul's saying, and this is how I've applied it in my lives, and I pray you do. You need to be careful with what is evil, especially those that go, oh, I can handle it. Really? Can you handle it? Because I've seen a lot of people fall to the wayside just because they turned toward evil. Remember Lot when he was being delivered out of Sodom? Very simple instructions. Get out, don't look back. Very simple. Okay, Lord, let me, make it, let, me, uh, let me just clarify. You want me to get out? Yes. Okay, I can do that. And you want me not to look back? Yes. And so you got Lot's wife there, right? They say, you don't want me to look back like this, God? Boom, she's done. Because that's how we are, right? So you don't want me to look back like... And when she looked back, she lost it all. Immediately. And I think sometimes we just gotta, hey, if you've got extra time, pour yourself into the word. If you got extra time, just pick up a book or or grab a movie. It's just gonna build you up in the things of the Lord. That's just gonna strengthen you. Don't dabble in the things that are evil. I don't care if you can handle it or not, what good is it gonna bring to you? Be very, very careful not to defile yourself. Be careful. Satan's gonna be crushed, but you can crush him every day. By turning your heart toward good and turning your back on what is evil. Being simple in it. We don't have to know all the junk. We don't have to know all the explanations. We don't have to to know. That's even sometimes when we have testimony nights here, we have times where everybody comes up and shares their testimony, what God's doing. We we, we share, especially those that we know have a really, really bad, ugly past, that we tell them we don't need to know the details. We don't need to know the details. I mean, you you can get in and let us know a little bit of what was going on in your heart, but we don't need all the details. Because we don't, want temp- we don't want a testimony then to become some temptation, right? Like, oh, you were delivered from that? I don't think I'm fully delivered yet, you know? And the enemy's just slick, and he's sly. And we want to be very, very careful. So verse 25, because we covered the other verses last time. Verse 25, Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began, but now has been made manifest by the prophetic scriptures, Has been made known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God. For obedience to the faith, to God alone, wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Now that's the fourth amen, and you know what? Paul means at this time. <laughs> the fourth time is a charm for him, and he lends on a very high note. He sort of recaps the book of Romans for us. He talks about the power of God, the gospel of grace, He talks about preaching, the commandments of the Lord, the revelation of the Lord, the prophetic scriptures of the Lord, the everlasting God, his sufficiency, his faithfulness, yes. And he ends this letter on a high note. and looking back in our time in Romans, I mean, it's been a really good time for us. we've grown greatly. I know I've grown personally, and I know our church has grown spiritually, and I know you, hearing the testimonies and the things going on in your life, you have grown as you've come to understand the grace of God. And you need to know that the grace of God is foundational in your life. That has been the message for us in Romans. That the grace of God is why we're here today. You know that, right? It's why you're saved. It's why you're breathing. It's why you're living. It's why you're successful. It's why you have strength. Everything about your life is because of the grace of God. If you're here today and you're not a believer, the reason you're still breathing and getting another chance to become a believer, you know what it is? The grace of God. None of us can take credit for what God has done and continues to do. We're not here because, oh, I did a lot of good works. No. Oh, I understand the Bible real well, Ed. No. You know, I've got perfect church attendance since I was three years old. No. You're here because of the grace of God. That's the foundation of your life. Sometimes we get so caught up, maybe you're very successful You're very successful at what you do. And if you're not careful, you'll start to take credit for your success. You go, well, Ed, I worked real hard because of the grace of God. I went to college because of the grace of God. Hey, I remember those days when I was in college. I woke up early in the morning. You know how? The grace of God. And I went into the kitchen and had my Cheerios. You know why? The grace of God. And I went in and I listened to that professor for four hours. You know how? By the grace of God. And I remember taking the test. There was a big A-plus on it. You know why? Because of the grace of God. And I still remember, Ed, all that hard work. I remember that guy giving me the diploma. You know how he did that? By the grace of God. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. And so you worked hard. Praise God. God, he enabled you to get education. Yes. Get as much as you possibly can. It opens tremendous doors in this world. To take the gospel in every nook and cranny with the expertise and the giftedness that God has given you. But don't take credit for it. Don't lean on the flesh. You know, we get so far from the grace of God that we start to lean on our own understanding. We start to lean on our own accomplishments. But the book of Romans taught us and put us straight everything today, tomorrow, forever is because of the grace of God. And I love this because he points us to that in verse 25 where he says, Now to him who is able to establish you you realize that you are not able to establish yourself you can't do it on your own any foundation you build in your own strength is a shaky foundation any foundation that you build in this earth is temporary apart from jesus christ so it's so cool because now paul says god is able to establish you you need some help today god can establish you you're faced with some serious temptation? God can establish you. You're thinking about walking away from the Lord and straying away and doing your own? God is able to establish you. You're anxious this morning? God is able to establish you. You've got some economic crisis? God is able to establish you. You've got questions about the end of the age? God is able to establish you. But we can't establish you. We can only point you to Jesus, the one that will establish you. No man can do that for you. No relationship can do that for you. No church can do that for you but I know one who can. His name is Jesus, and he can establish you. Will you turn your eyes to him? He'll establish you. He'll give you a strong foundation, a which to build. He'll flip your life right side up. Oh, it doesn't mean that everything's going to become super-duper easy. You know, kind of like an infomercial. If you buy this, it'll be super-duper easy. And if you call right now, we'll give you two super-duper easies for the price of one. It's not like that. Life is not super-duper easy, Right? I mean, come on. We live in the real world. In the real world, there's pain and sorrow and difficulties. But I'm sure you have a few friends that go through those things without Jesus. And that's like a living hell, isn't it? Your hope for them is like, they need the Lord, man. That's what they need. They need to meet the God of all comfort. They need to meet someone that with all the things going on through their life, they need to meet the one that's able to establish them by faith. Because the reality is this. By faith, Jesus Christ lives in you. The very resurrection power of Jesus resides in every believer through the Spirit. You can get through this. You will get through this. God will establish you. By faith, we trust him to minister to our hearts, to encourage us to get us through the tough times. So I love that. He ends on such a great high note. And then verse 20 says, To God alone, wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. And after three years, we all say the last word together. Amen. 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 It is an amen. Three years. (laughs) And so some people are like, Hey, Ed, does it take three years to get through every book of the Bible? No, just about 10. 10 years per book. 20 years. 30 years. No. I thought three years was long until someone emailed me and said, hey, Pastor Ed, I just want to, you know, John MacArthur took 10 years to study through the book of Luke. I'm like, wow, man. So I'm going for 11 next time. (laughs) You know, we're just committed to seek the Lord, and we'll take what he asks for us. We're open. As we come to the communion table today, just open your heart. Let me just say, the, the service is not over. Sometimes you think at the end of this message, like, the service is over. Now is the time for communion. So just allow the Holy Spirit to minister to your heart. Allow him to strengthen you. Prepare to take the cup and the bread together with the rest of the church as we seek him today. And so, Lord, thank you for giving us three years of a book. It's been good for us. We look forward to seeing the fruit of Romans lived out in our lives. But one thing we're really anticipating right now is for you to work in the hearts of those that are here. For the believers, edify and encourage and strengthen them. For the unbelievers, convict them of their sin and bring them to a saving knowledge in you, Lord. All those who are pointed unto salvation are desirous to see them respond to you. And so, if you'd say, I need to believe on Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of my sins, then this is the time. And I want to invite you, wherever you are, would you just stand to your feet? I'd like to pray with you that today's the day of your salvation. We want to be there to be there with you and for you. And so if you're here and you say, Ed, that's me, stand up. I want to pray with you, wherever you are, that God is he has been ministering to you and teaching you, and God bless you in the back. Who else would say, that's me, that's my life? Very fruitful weekend for us. A lot of people getting saved, a lot of lives changing, and I think God's been working on your heart as well. You know who you are. My invitation to you is to respond to the great love and grace and mercy of God, to know that God loved you so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die for you. God bless you. Who else? So that I can believe on the car, in my car on the way home. I know you can. And I can believe without standing up, you're right. And I can believe next week and next year. Now, that I'm not too sure of because the Bible doesn't promise you tomorrow. The Bible promises you now. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today, right now, before us, right here. And so if God has been speaking to you, you have that urgency in your life, respond, give yourself to Him. Even the sense of rejection right now, like you, I'm not responding. That means the Lord's talking to you. God bless you. Yeah, you know, even just saying, I'm not going to believe. I'm not, you know, God's got you. He spoke to your heart. You know now and understand how sin has separated you from God. And so my question is, if God has spoken to you and you know he has, why reject him? There's nothing in Jesus to be rejected. He loves you so much. He'll be for you and not against you. The Bible promises to believers that he'll never leave or forsake you. I don't know what's going on in your life right now, but I can tell you right now, there's no one on the earth, no one in the world that can fulfill that promise but Jesus. So those of you that responded, sitting or standing, wherever you might be, the radio, in your kitchen, on the internet, your family room, maybe you're catching, you had to work today and you're taking your break and you're just taking in the internet right now on your break. Today's the day of your salvation. And you need to pray to God. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer, but it's really between you and God. And you can repeat after me or you can use your own words. You can say something like this. And say it out loud. You can verbalize it, confessing to God. You say this. Dear God, I admit to you that I'm a sinner separated from you. And I turn from my sins today and I turn my life to you. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you, Jesus, lived, died, and rose again. And I put my faith in you for the forgiveness of my sins. Help me to live for you all the days that I have left, that my life will be pleasing to you. And Father, I just pray for those that respond. I pray that it would be a sincere, simple prayer that leads to a lifetime, a lifetime of serving you and loving you and fellowshipping with you.
0: Perhaps you prayed along with Pastor Ed Taylor to receive our Lord or recommit your life to him. Would you let us know? We would love to hear from you. You can contact us at Abounding Grace when you visit us online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. If you joined us late or would just like to hear this message again, turn to AboundingGraceRadio.com. Or you can listen through our app, too. Search for Calvary Aurora in the App Store or get it on Google Play abounding grace is made possible through the support of our listeners and when you give a donation of 25 dollars or more to abounding grace you're invited to request a copy of dark clouds deep mercy by mark rogob some would describe the year 2020 as one of the darkest seasons of life but we're not left alone god is wanting to help and hear from us You'll discover it's okay to grieve and struggle at such times, but it's important to reach into God's reservoir of grace and mercy. As you read this wonderful book, watch your worship and trust in God grow. Again, we'll send you a copy today when you support the ministry with a gift of $25 or more. Call 877-30-GRACE and we'll drop that in the mail right away. Please keep in mind it's your generosity that helps us provide the teaching of God's Word on stations all across the nation. We're constantly hearing from listeners that have been helped and are growing by God's abounding grace. Thank you for standing with us to make that possible. Call 877-30-GRACE or donate online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Pastor Ed, I've got to say, it's been a long and inspiring journey through Romans. As we wrap it up today, what are you hoping our listeners will walk away with?
1: Well, Larry, that is a short question with a long answer. You know, when we taught Romans, when I taught Romans here uh, to the church back in 2006... It took us over three years to finish. It didn't take us that long on radio because we broke them up into segments, but it took me three years to really, and I don't even know can say truly that we went slow enough to digest and to dissect this heavy gospel of grace. And what would I want you to walk away with? I, I think anything Anytime you go through a Bible study with us on Abounding Grace, I want you to fall in love with God more. Uh, my desire is to see you grow in grace as you are learning about the freedom and liberty that God has given to you, proclaiming you guiltless by the blood of Jesus Christ. But, but I, want you to, I want you to end Romans just so encouraged and remind, being reminded of God's eternal plan for you for Israel, for the Gentiles. I want you to fall in love with the author because you then you'll fall in love with the Bible and you'll understand the power of the gospel, how salvation... I mean, we could go on and on, couldn't we? But I'm just so grateful. Whatever part you jumped in with us, whatever part, if you went through Romans completely with us or you got pieces, bits and pieces here, whatever it is that God sewed into your heart, I know this that when the Word of God is sown into your heart, you will reap righteousness. So I just want to thank you for going on the journey with me. All the feedback, I think Romans, we got the most amount of feedback. You know, most of it was very positive. Some of it was was challenging, like the Word of God challenged you and and, uh, you were upset at things I said or teach which way I taught it but praise God that we get to go on this journey together praise God that you're listening praise God that you're being challenged praise God that that many of you repented praise God some of you got saved and praise God that he is faithful and he's returning for us real soon and as he does and in the days in which we're living may we be found busy about the father's business And here's one thing. Oh, another thing. I I want you to contact me. When you email me, you can email me directly, ed at edtaylor.org. Email me, call me. Let's pray together. Let's be encouraged together. Let's see what the Lord might do. And I know that he's on the move and I just want to be a part of it. God bless you guys.
0: Next time on Abounding Grace, we're talking about contagious hope. As Pastor Ed Taylor offers a timely message from John chapter 14, you don't want to miss it. This is amazing grace.